This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. So this friend needs no introduction. Probably all of you are well acquainted with Latasha Morrison. You guys, she is such, I just have to start. I'm going to, I'm going to go crazy, Tasha. So just hang back. And I told Zach last night, I was like, I, I can tell you right now, if I live to be 80, 90, whatever, and I'm dying, Tasha and I will still be texting and still hanging out every t- chance we get. <laughs> I was like, that's the kind of friendship we have is that she will be a friend for my entire life. Because we have been in the trenches together. We have built organizations alongside of each other that we both care about. (laughs) And it has been just such an honor to get to do life with you. And from the moment she walked into my life, she has blessed me and blessed me and blessed me. I love you forever, friend. Like you are you are one of one of my my dearest, closest friends. So when I say that, I want to be really clear that this work has brought friendships like Tasha's into my life. And therefore, the fact that I'm saying when I die, like I'll be dying friends with Tasha is a fruit of this work. I just, I cannot tell you how much this work has blessed me. I know right now she probably feel just a little bit of an overwhelmed feeling and you might feel like, gosh, I just want to help, but I just feel completely paralyzed and I don't know what to do. That's what this conversation is for. But, but I want to give you enough vision that on the other side of this work, could be the best friends that you've ever had. It could be the healing that you have wanted to see happen on earth, but you didn't know that it could happen on earth. It could be peace rising up around you in relationships that you thought, you know, never stood a chance. So I want to be the cheerleader for this. Yes, this is heavy times and we've been lamenting. I mean, this week, Tasha has been hard on every, brutal on everybody involved. And I just, I want to start there with you and just talk a little bit about your week because she, if you don't know Tasha, she leads an organization called Be The Bridge. It is an incredible organization, but I want to start with just the weight of leading this week and what it's felt like for you. I know a lot of people are listening that weren't listening before. So that's encouraging, but it's also been heavy. Yeah, I think this week has been, it's been heavy. Like the last couple of weeks have been heavy, but I think this week has been hopeful in that sense. And it's been hopeful for a lot of reasons. And I'll point to even our relationship because as soon as, you know, uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic. So we've had, you know, a lot happening in the last few months, but this relationship in a sense has, you know, you've been texting me like this, our our relationship goes even beyond what we do. You know, you're someone that I can go to if I have even a business question or, you know, just different things about ministry. You know, I'm dealing with some leadership issues. You're like, hey, read this book, you know. And so I think that is the part on the other side of this when you're thinking that uh, we're not where we were and we're not where we could be, but we're definitely not where we were five, five to six years ago in this conversation. And I think that's the hopeful part that I'm realizing this week is that there were seeds that were planted in people and it feels like some of those seeds that are planting now there's been some blinders removed and there's some um, leaning in a deeper leaning into the conversation the things that we have prayed for yes these are things i feel like this is a fruit 
of our prayers. Our organization prays weekly for this. We we fast for this. This is not just something, you know, we are putting our bodies, our spiritual disciplines, like as it relates to that and praying for this issue because we know that this work has to be led through prayer. And I feel what we're seeing now is the response in some ways is a fruit of that. And I do know that everybody's not going to get it. But there is a remnant that is getting it. And there's a remnant that's not going to be on the wrong side of history this time. There's a remnant that are wanting to be the headlights in this and not the taillights. There's a remnant that is ready for change and the blinders and the scales are removing from their eyes. And that's the hope that I have. Um, I understand that God's movements, a lot of times they don't involve the majority of people. They always involve remnants. And I'm just grateful to be able to see and um, to understand um, this work. And so I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm hopeful too. And partly because I've gotten to live this out for seven years. And I, I think the best is yet to come. Waking up is powerful. And yes, it's a great moment. But our hope is that you would really lean into this conversation, into this work for for the rest of your life. And so, so let's start with just next steps because- Everybody hears that and they're like, what do you mean for the rest of my life? Like, I, I don't, I mean, Tasha, let's start with this. I don't even have a black friend. Like there's, there are those people that are like, besides the guy at Academy, you know, who I talked to at the cashiers, I don't even know a black person. So, so maybe let's start with the person that feels the most helpless of what does it look like to engage this work next? Yeah. And this is the thing, if you're not in a diverse society or a community, this work starts with you because you can do this work without another person because there's so much that's happening on the um, internet where you communities that you can be a part of, you know, organizations that you can be a part of, people that you can follow, but really this work starts in your heart. Like you cannot lead anybody where you're not willing to go yourself. You know, it's not like, okay, I need to put some words together, but it will, you want to do this work in an authentic manner. And so you don't want to just say, let me go and get some words from a book and you haven't put in the work. And so it's about you being able to lean into this, lean into words. This is a lifestyle. This is not a box that you check. And so this is a lifestyle movement. This is a part of discipleship. This is a part of spiritual formation, like when we start talking about righteousness and justice. And so I think that's the important part that we have to realize that this is not just a headline. This is not just a trend or a hashtag. This is something, the work of justice. We're seeking justice. We're doing justice. We're rendering justice. This is a part of that. And so we want to make sure that we are educating ourselves. You know, we are, it may start with you personally saying, okay, what is one book that I'm going to commit to reading? Who are five people that I'm going to start following on social media? What is one movie that I'm going to watch? And I would encourage everyone to watch 12 Years a Slave is a, a good one. But then there's a series, a PBS series about African-American history. I think that's a, a very important one. So you want to watch some stuff where you're making sure you're looking through the lens of African-Americans. And so our organization has a lot of beginning stuff to help, like to give you some pointers. But I would say don't get discouraged if you're not in a diverse community. Because remember, proximity is great, but it's not the only solution because there are people who are proximate to people of color, 
but have not changed. They have not educated themselves. And you have to think about uh, when we think about his history, enslaved people were proximate to white people and it didn't change. You have to think about, I mean, even some of the situations that's happening now, there are people who play sporting events with people. They're, pro they're proximate with people, but they're not listening. So proximity works when you're listening. And so I would say if you're not in proximity with people, start with a book, start with a movie, just that thing. Do the, I always say do the next right thing. And I believe that those two things will help you in educating yourself through this journey. I want to add to that just a little bit because I remember a time where I did not feel like we had very much diversity in our lives and it broke my heart and I started praying and I was like, Lord, I want you to bring me friends of color. So will you do that? Will you just, and will it happen organically? And, mm -hmm. <laughs> and sure enough. And when we moved to Dallas again, it was the same prayer. And one of my very, very best friends, and you know, we just moved here is African-American and she moved around the same time. And I promise you, God, God was just, he knit in our hearts together. And I just, you know, and she's a daily friend for me. And, and so I just think, We've got to be praying those prayers and God will bring those people too, because I do think relationship is helpful in this storyline for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're in a relationship with a person who gets it and just remember that as people of color, especially as African-Americans, I can speak on behalf of myself that we're not monolithic. And so everybody is not well versed in this because we have grown up in the same type of world that you've grown up in. And many of us have gone to the same type of churches that you've gone to, you know? And so you have to realize that every, you know, black person doesn't want to have this conversation. And so it's good to have more than one friend. You want to have multiple friends. You want to have people who grew up in different environments. My, my lived experience is totally different from my best friend who grew up in East Orange, New Jersey, where I grew up in North Carolina. You know, we've experienced totally different things. You know, even some of my cousins, our life has been very different in how we see things and our perspectives. And so I think that's important, you know, and you can probably relate to that because you think about yourself and you're not like every white person, <laughs> you know? And so I think that's important for us to, to see that, especially in, you know, in Asian Americans, you know, um, or, um, you know, with um, Latina people, like just to understand that no group is monolithic and we have to approach that with, you know, with that understanding and friendships are important. They're valuable. And I, I think that is the thing that has helped me as it relates to my life, having been exposed to all different types of people and having conversations and um, developing cultural intelligence. I think that's a key thing is understanding cultural intelligence and how we intersect and how we see the world and our views and, um, you know, how people of color are very collective and um, what's the difference between individualistic culture, you know, all those things. And um, those are some things that, you know, as you pick up books and say, hey, I want to change, you know, Lord, change me. And I'm telling you, God would meet you right there. I've just seen too many people like yourself, Jenny, who didn't have any friends and begin to pray and something would happen. 
I had a lady years ago contact me and said, hey, I'm looking to do this, but I don't know anyone. And I just remembered her. And, and then just maybe about two months later, someone else, an African-American lady, that was a white lady, African-American lady from the same small community contacted me and said, hey, I heard about this. I really want to do this, but I don't know any white people. This is early in the beginning days of Be The Bridge when I was still looking at my, my messages on Messenger. And I was like, are they from the same place? And I went back through the messages and wow. I was like, oh my goodness, they're from the same place. And the next thing I know, those two ladies connected and they were having coffee together. So oh, that's, that's, so that's cool. how things work. And I can tell you story after story where things like that happen. A lady who moved to my college town and she was looking to get connected. She had been connected in Texas. And I said, well, the only thing I can point you to you know, these are some things that you can do, you know, change your behaviors and how, where, who you're hanging around and all these different things. And I said, now, when I went to school there, I went to this particular church and, you know, I don't know, but there was a lady that, that mentored me that I loved. And maybe if she's still there, you can reach out to her. That uh. lady did everything I told her to do. The next thing I know that community had launched about three or four groups. I was able to go there last year and visit with them. And they hosted my book tour this year in the town of Greenville, North Carolina, where I went to college at East Carolina University. Oh. The place was packed with people Tasha, from that Tasha. community. And oh. that's how it happened. It's, Girl. It's un isn't it fun? You know, one of our values at, at If Gathering, and I know this is one for you too, is we work with God. That's that's on our wall, is we work with God because we get to see these miracles happen that you're like, golly, like we couldn't have humanly strategized all this stuff and and brought the right people together, but he really has. And and I want to get to the circles because that's been such a big deal in in our lives and our friendship. That's really how our friendship began and, and deepened, you know, seven plus years ago. So it was the first Be The Bridge group. We were It wasn't meeting. even called Be The Bridge at that nope, time. No, <laughs> nope, didn't have a name. We were in a circle. I was telling Zach the story yesterday. You know, I was saying it just about our early friendship and how much it meant to me and how you passed around a little elephant. And do you remember that? Yeah. And whoever had the elephant could talk and everybody else had to listen. And I look back and I'm like, Tasha, you knew, you knew how to lead that in your bones. Like you just knew what the room needed to succeed. And it was so amazing to watch because I thought, I would have never thought to do that. But that's exactly what made our group bond was the listening that was involved in the in this first several months. So talk just a little bit about our group and how that led to thousands more that now exist. Yeah, we, we used um, some of the restorative justice uh, model in that. And that what we wanted to do was a lot of times we don't know each other because we don't listen to each other and we have to create an environment where um, it, that can be restorative that can be brave where we can have a space that's created where we can hear people especially voices that have been marginalized and what we had what happened in that room because we're all leaders and we would all <laughs> over talk each other and we would make it about us you know and so the talking stick you know created that space that we needed so that everyone had an opportunity so those who have different personalities that wouldn't typically speak up they would just kind of fall in the background and you have to realize that culturally there are groups that would not do that unless you create space 
for them to speak. And that's what the talking stick does. It creates space for everyone to speak if they would like to. And so we did that. And what I love, what was restoring about that community that we built, it was you guys came there to listen. And it was therapeutic for us to not feel challenged on our experiences or our thoughts. And I know this doesn't happen in every group, but that was a gift that was given to us in that group where many of us had, um, as, as people of color had come into that group and never having the space to talk about openly what happened to ourselves, maybe what happened to our parents or our grandparents that we felt that was unjust and how we've experienced the world, that our, our world, you know, our experiences are not universal. And you gave us space to do that and you didn't center yourselves. You didn't say, well, this happened to me and da 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 da. You know, it was like this, this, this listening. And even so many people, I was just talking to someone, um, Susan, and she was like, that was so therapeutic for me because those were things that we had never shared a lot of us uh, with someone outside of our family or outside of our race. And um, that was a gift. So I encourage people to, you know, um, get involved in some of these offline groups, you know, get connected with people, get connected with people at different churches, you know, um, find out who your neighbors are, you know, download this discussion guide. We didn't have a discussion guide. No. We didn't have, we had, but we had Tasha Morrison. <laughs> we didn't have any material. We took articles, we took uh, movies yeah. or whatever yeah. was happening. And we had discussions and we had a few little questions, but we did not have a discussion guide at all. And so, but we showed up and we did this work early on. And now out of that, we were able to build what we now have is Be the Bridge. Well, and those groups are happening everywhere. And you, you, there's, there's not only a discussion guide, there's also a book now. It's called Be the Bridge, and you've got to get it. Is Amazon, have they restocked? Well, they restocked, and they're back out again. No. So the books are oh. sold out no, everywhere. Tasha. And this Tasha. is the thing. Every racial justice book, every book on racial reconciliation is just about sold out in this country. This is a new day, friends. This is a new day when we start looking at that. Um, this is something, you know, if you think about things that have happened in our history, this has ignited globally. There's something that God is saying in this. And I, my prayer is that we would not miss it because we have hardened our heart that we would not miss it. I, I pray that we will not miss it. And so we've, since then, we've created not just a discussion guide, but we have cards, we have things on transracial adoption, we have um, things for individual ethnic groups as it relates to um, B2B 101, and that's specifically for white people. We're coming out with another tool for people of color this summer. That's been probably one of the difficult ones that we've written, but it's actually going through final edit stages right now. Um, we came out with the youth version um, of our curriculum. We, we launched a module one with videos and um, discussion to give students, middle and high school, a foundation of language to understand common language in this. And so we've launched that this year. We, I think we launched that back in March. And, and then we have another module, module two, that's going to come out for youth and teens. And then we have a college edition and that is out. And we're actually revamping that discussion guide also um, because 
we have about 12 college campuses, probably more than that now. The last we checked um, last year using our discussion guide because we want colleges to be um, proactive and not reactive in this world. Don't wait till something happens before you try to go find a solution. Know that you're bringing people from all type of cultural backgrounds. We live in a racialized society. Let's do the work ahead of time to make sure that we're helping our students to engage cross-culturally in a proper way. And they can meet people and not be afraid because they're different or because they didn't grow up around each other, but really have open dialogue about those differences and mm. see them as good. And so those are things, those are just a few of the things. And um, when <laughs> a lot of people started leading this, they didn't, we didn't have any leadership, you know, like as far as like, we like go and, and do, <laughs> you know, yeah. but now we have a leader's group. So if you're leading a group, you can become a part of a leader community on Facebook. Book, and then we do trainings in there. We do orientations and trainings. And now we just develop a training guide that's like 45 pages long that's going to help people who are starting Be The Bridge groups. And so there's there's about three more things that are that will launch this year. And so we <laughs> always have ideas. You know, this doesn't even include the webinars that we have. So yeah, yeah it's a lot happening. I'm sorry, I'm sitting over here kind of grinning and giggling a little because, first of all, at how much has happened and how fast it's happened. Yes. We're and only four years old. We're four years old. It's unbelievable. This month. Oh, and guess what? We launch a podcast. I know. It, me and you. Everybody can go listen right now. Be yes. the Bridge podcast. And Kate kept looking for it. My daughter, she was like, when is Tasha's podcast coming out? I was like, I think it's already out. She, she kept going. She was like, it's not out yet, mom. It, and was, so, it was under Sounds of Justice, but we've changed okay. it to be on brand with, with Be the Bridge. But we took all of these Facebook interviews that we've done, the Facebook Live interviews, and that's going to be like the uh, old, like kind of like an archive season. Um, and then the new season will come out and then we'll do another season this summer. So these are things that we want to talk about, but you know, we can't write a discussion guide on it, but we're going to have conversations with leaders. There's a conversation with Beth Moore on there. And then um, I really wanted to talk about this, um, this intersection of um, people who are biracial. And so that's going to be a conversation, um, solidarity as it relates to people of color. There's a lot of friction and anti-blackness as it relates to other people of color. We're going to have some of these um, nuanced conversations with different people who have different belief systems and all kinds of things you know that that we're um that we're going to be talking to on, on what that looks like and um so yeah so it's going to be a brave space i'm excited about the conversations and when things happen we can now say hey let's record something on it make it a bonus <laughs> a bonus yeah. podcast so yeah That's right be the bridge.com and all of that you can find there you can sign up to be a leader you can get resources there. There's more than the book that's out of stock. You can also listen to the book on Audible. I just, I need to tell you why I'm a little giggly about all this because I observed something that, that people today couldn't even imagine. <laughs> it was a reluctant Tasha Morrison. Uh, yeah, you saw, yeah, that's real. That's that was real. And I say that because you knew it was going to cost and you knew, and I think that's where a lot of people are. And I want you to speak to that person that that's like, oh, I'm just kind of tired. Like the, the world's kind of falling apart and I just kind of want my people and, you know, tacos, you know, and I don't, 
<laughs> don't make me uncomfortable. Um, I'm already uncomfortable. So, right. so let's talk about, you know, those people and what would you say to them? Because you also have been there. You wanted a comfortable life. I mean, I can go back to those arguments that you gave me of like, I don't know if I want to do this work because look at the history of the people that do this work. It's not positive. You know, they've gone through a lot, lost their lives, you know, and so so talk about that reluctance and why it's been worth it and why it would be worth it for somebody listening right now that may be hesitant. Yeah. Who signs up for discomfort? Nobody really willingly signs up for discomfort um, and pain and hurt and um, rejection. And that's in a lot of this, you know, this conversation around race is so painful and there's so many layers and there's so much that we haven't repented of um, that who wants to sign up for it. But when I, for me, my conviction was look what Jesus signed up for when we were imperfect, when we were broken in the midst of that, you know, Jesus gave his life so that we could live and that we can have relationship with God, the father. And so when I think about that, it's like, where did Jesus ever find comfort? What, when I signed up for this, I feel like there's a part of me that is identifying with Christ, you know? And so the part where you have this marginalized person that came from Nazareth, what good comes out of Nazareth, you know? That identified that it was how we call the upside down kingdom of God. And every step that Jesus took and every um, person that he engaged with, he saw them and he stepped into their brokenness and he stepped into their discomfort. He stepped into their sin and he offered life and redemption and a new way, you know? And so I think for me, that's the thing that keeps me going in this. I could not do this. I know there's a lot of people doing this work, but I could not do this apart from Jesus. Mm. And so Jenny, I do this work because I love God. I do this work because it's a part of my faith. It's an extension of my faith. And I'm compelled to do this work. I didn't sign up for this. Who chooses this? Who chooses it? Who leaves their job with no health insurance? No nothing. <laughs> and I you're remember. In Texas and your family is looking at you like, huh? Like, <laughs> who does this? Mm. But when you feel called of God and God has shown me every step of the way to trust God. And mm -hmm. I, I remember you describing this. Um, I don't know if you were, in, it was either in your books or I heard you when you were teaching, you were like, it's kind of like stepping off onto the next, the next um, rock into the next rock. And then another one is revealed to you and you step on that one and you step on that. But it's like, there's this trust. Thing. And I think that's what I've had to do every step of the way. I feel like in, in, in human terms that God has enough credits with me mm. over my life that I can fully trust and surrender my life to God. And I think that's what I've, I do daily. And even this year telling my team when it just seems like sometimes people are not so supporting your work and you're grinding, you're, you're taking <laughs> every resource that you have and you're squeezing it as much as you can 
to help God's people mm. and you just feel like that's not returned to you, but mm. God will then reveal another step. Mm. And man, has he revealed one right now. I mean, Tasha, all that work, incredible. it was preparation for a moment when the world would be watching and listening and, and you were ready and you can put these tools in their hands. And, and I just get so excited because I think of how many groups have already been built and how many restorative conversations have happened. This conversation through Be The Bridge is happening in every state except for two. I don't know about a group in Montana or either in Hawaii, but I'm willing to go to both places to start a group. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are, I mean, and I was amazed to see, like we have people that are having these conversations in Utah. Now these yeah. groups look different, you know, and we are not chapters. We are led by people and communities and churches outside of the church, their neighborhoods, their schools that say, hey, we're going to get a group together and we're going to download this and we're going to go through this. And so they mm -hmm. either are doing BTB 101, they're doing book studies with my book, or either they're doing um, the BTB 2.0 discussion guide. I think a great first step is Be the Bridge book and doing that with a group of friends that are interested in taking that next step. And, and the more diverse you can make that circle, the better, but start with who you've got, whoever's interested in the conversation, whoever wants to take the next step. And I'm telling you, we both are saying it. God will, will bring the right people. God will cause the next right step. That rock will show up when you're standing in the middle of the ocean and you'll know. Yes. And I think that's a discipline to get you to pray into this specific need and space it's to ask God to show up in that. Oh and God. I'm telling you, it will happen. Well, I know all of you are wondering, okay, what, what do we do? We're going to get off. The, the whole premise here was what next? What do we do? We really believe that this is kingdom work, that this is the kingdom being built on earth as it is in heaven. And so we want to be people that do it all, that, that pray, yield our spiritual weapons that God gives us that he talks about in 2 Corinthians 10, that we have been given divine weapons to destroy strongholds. We fight the spiritual forces of evil that have held us for too long in this place. And part of that is also action, that, that we make choices that, that change our world, that change our family's world, that change. My kids are better racial advocates. Like Kate Allen has been leading her peers. If you follow her on Instagram, have your teenagers do it. She has been giving resources, telling people what to do next. That's because of Tasha's investment in our lives. That's because Auntie Tasha and Auntie Faith and all of the uh, aunties, she has Vi Auntie Vivian. Oh, yeah, she we has were like giving Kate an uh, earful in Rwanda. Yeah. We were giving her an ear earful. Yeah. She's a leader. She's a leader and she is leading. But that is because we've done this work and it's bled into our family and it's bled into our you know conversations with our small group and into our church and into our greater world. And so I, I want to encourage you. I know it feels like this work is slow and gosh, is it really going to make a difference? Yeah. It starts with us. It starts with us making a choice. It starts with us praying. It starts with each one of us in our places asking God, what next? And what do we do? What I love about Tasha, why I had her on specifically for this is she's built a lot of tools. So you don't have an excuse. If you're a college student, if you're a high school student, if you're if 80 you're years adult, old, you, yeah. man, woman, everyone. <laughs> yep. Yep, you have no excuse. We've got the tools for you. So go right now, go to bethebridge.com and check out all those tools and, and just sign up for the next step, whatever that looks like for you in your place. 
Now, I want to I want to close with this. Tasha, if there's one thing that would encourage you, like you, you know, you're giving up a little bit of time to do this right now in the middle of of your workday and and you want it to count. You want this to to move the needle. What would be something that that if you heard stories later that this little hour that we've had together did in the kingdom? What would what would your hope be? I have a few things. I think I want people to commit. I want people to commit even when it's not in the headlines. So when the headlines are gone, it's not on social media, it's not on the news, people are not talking about it. You're still in the trenches doing the work. Even if you mess up and you stumble, you get back up and you continue to do this work. And so I want people to commit to personal change and transformation first, because you can't lead people where you're not going personally. You can't lead your children. You can't lead your family or your cousins or your nephew or your friends. Go there first and then watch others will look at your life and like what is going on. They will want to know more. Commit to educating yourself. Commit to amplifying, especially during this season right now, amplifying uh, black people. Amplify the voices of black people. If you have platforms, you know, um, use that time to turn it over to amplify those voices. And, you know, we just want to make sure that you don't want to be silent when atrocities are being committed. So you want to use your voice. And then also you want to commit to investing financially in people that are doing this type of work. And so if I could see that, the fruit of that, we are going to move this needle closer. We're going to move this baton closer. We're going to create a pathway and a bridge for those that are behind us, our this next generation, to take this thing over the finish line. And so I believe that that can happen. Change can happen. But it's how we seize this moment. If we can get out of the way and let God do the work and not do this um, based on a ideology that alienates, but embrace the kingdom of God, the systems of God and how they function and operate. Remember, we are ambassadors here. We're not of this world. But we're ha- we have to participate in this world, and I think if we come in with a mindset like that, then you know, as we pray on earth as it is in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I want to see a little bit of heaven on earth. Amen. If we can get out of the way of ourselves and shut down these unhealthy ideologies and listen to the voice of the masses. Listen to the voice of the masses. Think about all the people who shut Jesus down, the very people that should have listened to Jesus, that should have recognized and should have known, but they held on to the law and they missed it. And so, but there was a remnant that we're a part of that remnant that took heed and we wouldn't be here today if that remnant had had gone another way or had shut Mm. Jesus down. And so we're products of that. So think about the legacy that your commitment could do for the future of generations to come. Mm. I want to just I want to address a few things that Tasha just said. First of all, the grace that this is going to take. And and I know like there's a lot of ways people are doing this online and some of it does feel hurtful and hateful. But the truth is there's reasons for that. And so there's grace for that. And then there's also grace for the people that don't get it because that was me and that was all of us at some point. There's grace for the leaders that are doing this imperfectly and making mistakes. Again, that would be me. <laughs> Tasha will attest. I have made many mistakes. I was I was apologizing to a friend of color this week. So, yeah. you know, this is the way this goes. We do it imperfectly. 
We do it believing that the power of God is with us, that that we don't do this in the flesh. We do this with the Spirit. And the Spirit covers so many gaps, you guys. That's the thing Tasha and I have felt through this. We have felt the Spirit bring restorative healing to the places and the cracks that we didn't even know needed to be healed, you know, and we didn't say the right things. So we shouldn't have made it. <laughs> but the but the Spirit participated with us and is still participating with us. And I've heard it said that the church is the very best team to lead the way forward on this. And I believe it because of those things. We, we understand grace and we have the power of God and we don't go in futile hope. We go with the hope of the kingdom of heaven that's coming. So I want us to be great at this. And some of you might even think, gosh, y'all sure talk about this a lot at If Gathering. We have. In fact, Be The Bridge launched at If Gathering. (laughs) Yes, I'm not making this stuff up. It launched at If Gathering in 2016, our second year. We launched it. This was right after Ferguson happened. It was in the midst of us living out this group privately. And so Be The Bridge just blew up. It, It was a free download at the time and tons of you downloaded it. But why I say that is because we're the best team to support Tasha right now. Like we're her people. We've grown from Tasha for years. So if you are not supporting Be The Bridge right now, go to the website and become a monthly donor because I'm telling you this work is changing the world. There are people that will be saved because of the credible witness of what this work has done in the lives of people throughout the world in the church. And we, like Tasha always says, we want to be a credible witness. We don't want this to be a stain on the church. We want this to be part of the redemptive story of the church, that that we are about this healing and we are about building the kingdom come. So Tasha, we love you. I pray a lot of people support you because of this. And in the in the months and years to come, because the work will never end. And I hope that for the rest of our lives, you feel my support in it, that you feel my prayers and you feel my friendship in this. And I would take a bullet for you, girl. So I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. And hopefully my book will be in stock, but right now the ebook and Audible, they are available. Okay, so go download it right now. Thanks for being here, friend. Thank you so much. got if lead coming right up so this is going to happen in august and you do not want to miss it you can go to iflead2020.com and you can put in your email we're about to send out our email and tell everybody who's coming and and what we're going to talk about so don't miss this i promise you if there's ever been a time that we need to be gathering together and talking about how to lead the next generation how to lead ourselves through this time it is now so you get to gather your friends in a living room and we're going to bring it to you digitally You get to be in your place and it's a lot more affordable than normal. So do not miss it. Tasha will be there and we are going to cause some trouble together.